0: What's up, you beautiful bastards? Welcome back to the Philip DeFranco show. I got a great Wednesday show for you today. So how good could it really be when every day feels like the one before, and I don't really know what the point of anything is anymore. So buckle up, hit that like button, and let's just jump into it. Yo, the first thing that we're gonna talk about today, I don't care if someone tries to cancel me for this, I don't care if YouTube tries to ban me or suppress me or whatever bullshit. We have a problem in America. People are scared to talk about it. We have too few Gary's. In 2021, in America, only 252 babies were named Gary, which is a far Cry from when America was America back in 1950, where this was the 14th most popular name. So well, Elon Musk and others in general are saying, please, have more babies. This is gonna be a problem in this country. I don't say that, but if you do have a baby, maybe they it Gary. Even though it's a stupid fucking name, and I feel confident in saying that because there's not a lot of you. And if there's anything that America and social media have taught me in the last 10 years, is it's okay to villainize a group of people if there's not enough people to defend themselves. Which is why I wanna go a step further and say, Gary's shouldn't be able to vote. Gary's, if I'm gonna be honest with you, have been coasting in this country for a pretty long time. And I know the number one thing Gary's are gonna say, hey, we got a city in Indiana named after us, yeah? Point it out on a fucking map. I bet you can't even point out Indiana. That's less of a dig at Gary's and more a dig at the U.S. educational system. Anyway, this concludes the news segment I just made. Phil gets angry about random things rather than going to more therapy. And then, you know, another day, another story with body cam footage, which by the way, yesterday, sometimes people ask me things like, if you talk about something on Instagram, you do a poll there, why are you asking us here? Yesterday's story about the Arizona cops, I think was a fantastic example. On Instagram, people were like, oh, the cops were in the wrong. If you went through the comment section yesterday, people were like, oh no, I understand why the cops did what they did. And of course I'm speaking just generally as far as what like the majority opinion seemed to be. But today we have a dramatic nail biting, stomach clenching, butthole puckering car chase. And it begins with 48 year old Ronald Williams allegedly entering someone's backyard while they're not home, sneaking over to their dock, trying to steal their jet ski. But this mastermind's plan goes sideways when he realizes, oh, I can't get this thing started. So does our Ronald give up, find something more simple to steal? No, Ronald ain't no quitter. Ronnie boy lives a life about perseverance, about grit. So he decides I'm just gonna drift aimlessly in the water on a jet ski. Genius. So that's when the cops arrive. they responded to a neighbor's 911 call, they see him floating out there, but... uh how are they ever going to get to Ronald? His master plan is working! Until they see a father and a son preparing to set off in a boat and they devise their own plan. With the dad then just being like, you know, fuck it, you guys take it. The police then engaging in a high speed, it wasn't high speed, pursuit, it wasn't really even a pursuit. With them finally getting close to Ronnie and that's... <laughs> that's when we learn there is another fault in Ronald's plan. Come over here! What? Swim. I to swim! So you're gonna take a jet ski and you don't know how to swim? And if you thought it couldn't get dumber, well, look at here. Look, I'm tossing you this rope, right tied to the front of the jet ski. Okay, you Oh, Ronnie, when, when, what age were you when you realized? Oh, I'm Florida man. Oh, uh, people like this exist. But ultimately, in the end, our hero Ronald fell from Grace and is now being charged with grand theft of a motor vehicle and trespassing. And so of course, the main point of this story is whether you're Ronald or anyone else, don't be stupid, stupid. And then Mr. Beast and scam it. Those are two things that you normally wouldn't put together, but it's what a lot of people are talking about right now. And that's because Elon Musk posted a meme that he probably made himself. And it rightly makes fun of how seriously YouTube takes things like cracking down on swearing. But when it comes to scams on the platform, seemingly eh, not so much, or at least not successfully. To which Mr. Beast replied, I've gotten fake ads of me giving away money at least a thousand times and feel bad for the hundreds of thousands of people that have been scammed. I've been screaming at them for forever to figure this out with him sharing an image of those alleged ads where it says that he's giving away $750 along with a part that a user could potentially click that says claim 750. It's labeled as ad in that gold box. It says Mr. Beast next to the ad symbol. And it's potentially way more dangerous with a Mr. Beast being in the thumbnail because he's known for giveaways. So you have people going like I could understand if YouTube maybe missed things with smaller creators, right? Maybe there was a, a Philip DeFranco giveaway or someone with like a hundred thousand subscribers, but it's literally fucking Mr. Beast. He is quite literally the biggest individual creator and most well-known creator in the world. And actually, to the point of this opening the door for conversations about spam ads on YouTube, YouTube has said that Google has policies in place to combat bad actors and actually removed 175 million ads that violated their misrepresentation and trademark policies in 2021. But, you still had a study finding that YouTube ads promoting a crypto scam using Elon Musk's likeness resulted in a theft of $9 million. And that is just one of many, many scam examples. And actually, regarding this, especially because you're using the platform right now have you noticed that scam ads are a problem here and secondly there is the question of will there ever be something put in place that can actually stop this because it seems like the problem isn't okay we can't suck it's that we can't suck at scale Or when so many people use your platform there are so many bad actors trying multiple multiple times to get through your system and you stop 175 million others are still going to get through, and each one of those can be incredibly damaging. And personally, I don't think I'm smart enough to know the actual solution, especially one that wouldn't just be immediately worked around by people that are scammers as their main job. And then from that, I want to take a second to thank the fantastic sponsor of today's show, Public.com, and more specifically, Public.com slash DeFranco. Public is an investing platform that helps people be better investors in the public markets. As many of you know, I personally switched over to Public after I was not too happy with one of their competitors. And with Public, not only do I get all the tools and information that I wanted, Public has also made stock investing social. ownership unlocks content and education that's relevant to your portfolio created by a 3 million plus strong community of investors, creators, and analysts. And an amazing thing about public is they actually put their investors first and don't sell trades to market makers or take money from payment for order flow. They also, if you're interested, offer 30 crypto offerings alongside thousands of stocks and ETFs. And for those of you crypto curious members new to the space, public added features like educational slideshows and volatility reminders to help educate you along your journey. And when you go to public.com slash you receive a slice of stock valued up to $1,000 to invest when you sign up. That's public.com slash DeFranco because you should definitely start investing in your future now. And then, fuck the iPhone. That's essentially what the European Union just said. If you're in the EU and you have an iPhone, you're charging with that lightning cable, soon, that'll be a thing of the past. And that's because the EU just passed new rules that by fall of 2024, all phones sold within the EU need to have a USB-C charging port. And understand, this isn't iPhone-specific. This extends to devices in general, including phones, tablets, e-readers, earbuds, digital cameras, headphones, headsets, etc. With the EU claiming not only does it reduce the hassle for users, but it also cuts down on e ways by allowing consumers to use chargers they already own for new devices. And actually, on that note, they may go forward with even more restrictions as later this year, they'll be looking into whether or not to block companies from including chargers with each device. With them also considering how to regulate wireless chargers. And of course, with all this, the company most affected by all of this will likely be Apple, which is reportedly only just now beginning to test phones with USB-C ports. Now, some have argued that USB-C loses its grip over time compared to Lightning ports, although that claim is subjective. And you need to understand, Apple already offers them for iPads and MacBooks. But the company has made a better argument of pointing out that, hey, such regulations could stifle innovation. But the counterpoint to that is the EU has a history of adapting its laws as new standards arise. Right. This isn't about stifling innovation or stopping like the next big product. This is about you sucking less. And to be clear, I'm talking to Apple here, not you. Have some self-respect. Though, I will say I understand why the most controversial provision in all of this is the inclusion of a laptop. Generally speaking, they require much more power than a phone or a similar device, and higher-end laptops may soon outpace the amount of power USB-C can deliver. And so with this story, if you're in the EU, of course, I'd love to know your thoughts about these changes, but if you're in the U.S., Canada, wherever the hell you are right now, would you want to see your country adopt similar standards? Though, I have to think that for Apple, the, the EU is a big enough market that they would just kind of change all their phones, but maybe not. And then, you very likely remember when former Olympic gymnast Simone Biles and hundreds of other athletes came forward during the height of Me Too to accuse the Olympics team doctor Larry Nasser of sexually abusing them. With some of the survivors as young as six, and you might remember Simone Biles giving heart-wrenching testimony to Congress. And well, now years later, there is still just as being doled out. That's because in a huge update to this story, you have Biles and 90 other gymnasts, including former Olympians Michaela Maroney and Ali Reisman, suing the FBI for a collective $1 billion. Claiming that the agency mishandled its investigation of Nassar, allowing him to keep abusing them even after they reported him to the FBI in 2015. With former athlete Mackie Nichols saying, for 421 days, they worked with USA Gymnastics and USOPC to hide this information from the public and allowed Nassar to continue molesting young women and girls. It is time for the FBI to be held a and as far as how or why this is happening right now, it partly has to do with a report last July by the Justice Department's Inspector General finding that the FBI failed to properly investigate Nasser and even gave false or misleading statements when confronted about that failure. Also noting that about 70 women and girls were victimized by Nasser between the time they were first notified and Nasser was arrested. Which also led to another smaller lawsuit by 13 women against the FBI back in April seeking $130 million. You know, so with these lawsuits, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with them, but it's just, the whole story just brings back that ridiculous. Ridiculous heartbreak because it's always horrible when something horrible happens but it becomes so much worse when you find out people knew and could have stopped it and then finally we need to talk about how yesterday was the biggest single day for primary elections this cycle so far well obviously I can't hit on everything or discuss a lot of these races in depth in this video I did want to talk about some key takeaways and overall themes that we saw especially as we head into the midterms and arguably the most significant overarching thing that we saw showcase yesterday were the limits of the far ideological wings of both parties with Democrats this was especially clear in regards to topics like public safety and crime, which became a major voting issue, especially in California. In San Francisco, one of the most liberal cities in America, we saw voters outright recall a progressive district attorney who had won his election in 2019 by campaigning on more left-leaning ideas like sending fewer people to prison and ending cash bail. We also saw in another liberal stronghold in Los Angeles, the mayoral race getting very interesting. There, many voters seem to be persuaded by Rick Caruso, who's a billionaire, former Republican who gained prominence on LA's police commission and spent $37 million of his own fortune just plastering the city with campaign ads promising to crack down on crime and homelessness. With Caruso, who ran as a Democrat this time, now officially headed to the runoff with U.S. Representative Karen Bass, who tried to settle the line between criminal justice reform and public safety. Though, very notably here, Bass did push more towards the center on some crime-related issues, including calling for more police on the streets and a move that angered some further left voters. And in this race specifically, we saw both of the more progressive candidates falling super behind Caruso and Bass in the early returns. In fact, so much so that the thing got called, even though only around 35% of precincts were reporting. Meanwhile, on the right, we also saw Republican voters bucking the Trumpian wing of the party with many voting against candidates who had aligned themselves with the former president and embracing moderates who have rejected him. In general, incumbent House Republicans held off challengers from the right. South Dakota Representative Dusty Johnson defeating a far right state representative who had targeted him for voting to certify the 2020 election and had spread the big lie. In California, two moderate Republican representatives, one of whom voted to impeach Trump, were in good places to beat challenges from Trump loyalists. In New Jersey, Representative Chris Smith, a moderate Republican, also fended off a group of challengers that included a Trump-backed conservative talk radio host, with other Trump-backed candidates also hitting road bumps. This including his former Interior Secretary Ryan Zink, who resigned in 2019 amid scandals over ethics violation investigations regarding misuse of taxpayer money and conflicts of interest. And this was definitely a standout because he was expected to easily win back his old house seat in Montana. And hey, he still may win, but right now he's locked at in an incredibly close race. It's too close to call with 86% of the votes in. And even if he does win, the fact that a Trump official with such major name recognition is having such a close race is very significant on its own. right? Especially because the primaries yesterday, it didn't happen in a bubble. It comes about two weeks after Kemp and Raffensburger won in Georgia. And I will say, you you know the, the note of trumpian republicans and more moderates like for some reason the january 6 commission is suddenly a new voting issue and i think all of this is interesting on its own but it's also going to be very interesting to kind of understand where people's mindsets are as we go into the public hearings for january 6 tomorrow because i get the time has passed and people have kind of tried to water down the memory of january 6 they try to sometimes even gaslight that it was a, it was a nothing but one hopefully we learn even more from this hearing and two i think it's just important to remember that a lot of the people that are pushing this big lie a lot of the people that try to down- play this bullshit, they are just, they're attacking democracy. Right? it shows us that not everyone has drank the Kool-Aid yet, but also a scary amount of people have drank the Kool-Aid. And if you don't think that democracy is on the ballot, this and next, and God fucking knows how many elections we get to have from here, by now I don't I don't know what to say. But ultimately that is where today's show ends. Thank you for watching, like and being a part of the conversation down below. If you want, I've also got you covered with more news right here. But my name's Philip DeFranco, you've just been filled in. I love your faces and I'll see you tomorrow.